Welcome to Espresso Shot. I'm Sarah. Uh, I am the director here at the Annenberg Presidential Conference Center. I have no idea how many years I've been in the industry at this point. I feel like they're all blurred together. Uh, just been doing this a while. That's about all about me. <laughs> and I'm TJ. Uh, I'm an event manager here at the Annenberg Presidential Conference Center. Um, I've been event managing for three and a half years. Don't know. Something bro. like that. Um, but have been in the event industry for a long time. Espresso Shot is a podcast about the staff, faculty, and students of the Bush School of Government and Public Service. The recordings take place in our studio here at the Annenberg Presidential Conference Center, the Allen Building, or the comfort of the guest's office. Each episode, we will inform you of the individual's unique qualities, contributions they bring to the college, their work and or experience throughout their time here. Welcome to Espresso Shots. Today, we are joined by Corey Arjok, who served as director of the MSC LT Jordan Institute for International Awareness at Texas A&M and has an as an associate's director with the MSC Student Programs Office. With a background in anthropology, the arts, and education, she served the Texas A&M campus and surrounding communities by providing international internships, service opportunities, on-campus programming, leadership development, and research support. That's a lot. (laughs) For the past 18 years, she has worked with colleagues and students, both nationally and internationally, engaging in the creation, development, and implementation of interdisciplinary, intercollegiate, and cross-cultural service and community curriculum and programming. These programs address issues from international awareness, cultural competency, and leadership development to work with marginalized communities, clean water access, disaster response, equity, and community recovery and investment. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> That's the short my favorite version. part of all of these besides talking to whoever's our guest, <clears throat> listening to TJ get through all of that. <laughs> well, I reread this one several times to make sure that I wasn't going to mess up any of the words. <laughs> so apparently it didn't help. <laughs> what? Just didn't practice where I should take breaths out. Yeah. <laughs> That's very important. <laughs> I'm not a public speaker. So, with all of that that you have done, what is your position and what what do you do with the Bush School? Since February, I have been the Director of International and High Impact Experiences here at the Bush School. It's a brand new position that was initiated by our former Dean, Mark Welsh, and it's really all about getting together from our risk management processes and procedures to be in alignment with the university to developing new programs and opportunities and finding funding and collaborations across campus for our students, our faculty and our staff. And I always make sure that people are aware that it's not just about the students, it's about the faculty as well and our staff, because if we're not supporting our faculty and staff, we're not supporting our students. And that at the end of the day, we do wanna do a good job with our students. So, I think that's the hard part, I would think with any new position is, being able to give yourself a little bit of yourself to each different area of the college. Like how do you manage all of those different entities? Cause I'm sure 
with the amount of students we have, that's probably the biggest pool right now. And then faculty, I would, this is just my assumption, obviously, but I just from the way that the college functions, I would think that right now, a lot of your time is spent in beginning with the students initially trying to get a grasp of how all they, how they figure things out, how they operate with things, and then how to, the communication between the faculty and the students. Actually, it's just the opposite because when I when I first came in, I needed to figure out what was already happening through the faculty and the and the programs and, and projects because we had some international trips that were going abroad and we needed to make sure we were in alignment with the processes and procedures with the university. The risk management, it, I take risk management very, very seriously. I want them to have an amazing experience, but I want it to be safe. And by the very nature of the Bush School, our students, our graduate students will go into places that a, a traditional student wouldn't necessarily go because that's what they're training themselves for, diplomacy, national security, and all of that, which for me heightens my responsibility to make sure they're able to go into those spaces and learn well, safely. And so we started there. And, and I also wanted to know what is happening from all the different areas? Because I wanted to be able to shout it from the rooftops and, and give our higher level administration opportunities to share that word with donors, with other former students, with the larger university. So they knew what was happening because coming from the other side of campus, you know the Bush School is here, but you don't necessarily hear a lot about what's actually happening. You see the big lectures and, and things like that come through the email, but what are they really doing? And I want that that faculty member that's quiet to get the same amount of access to opportunity as those faculty members that are a, a little more comfortable being vocal. And so I spent time gathering information and, and meeting my colleagues and understanding what it is that they needed and wanted. And then we started talking with the students. And so I also went, went to our uh, co collaborators across campus to see how they experienced working with the Bush School because I wanted to dispel some of the ideas people had about the Bush School not being approachable at times. And so um, me, girl, I'll go anywhere. So I don't mind talking to anybody and I'll ask you questions that most people wouldn't ask in public, but I wanna know, so I'm gonna ask. And so we, uh, I did that too, but I started with our, our staff and, and our faculty. And then I went to the other side of campus and I started working with them. And there's just some natural collaborations that started happening because of that. And now it's most recently that I've been able to work directly with the students on a really cool program with sports and diplomacy. There's there, the Ready Room student organizations also working on a, um, Monuments Men and Women Foundation collaboration with the World War II Museum in New Orleans, which will allow them to use what they're learning in their forensic um, investigation class in an art to understand what the monuments men and women did during World War II, saving our culture, saving art pieces and things like that. So it's really like, did you fill out that paperwork properly to, wow, we're looking at World War II monument men, museums and all this. It's great. It's awesome. And finding internships too. That's that's a big one right now. Finding uh, internships that our students can't afford because yeah. sometimes they're in international locations and they'd love to do it, but they don't have the financing to be able to live in that alternate location. And our undergrads now, we have um, our international affairs undergraduates, they're required to do a study abroad and it's a 10 week minimum. And so how do we identify or collaborate with other colleagues on programs that they can afford in order to fill, fulfill the requirements for graduation. So 
10 weeks. That's that a lot. Time. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot. I know. I didn't breathe, TJ. I didn't breathe. That's, that's a lot of talking to people. <laughs> it is. But um, as you can tell, I mean, I'm, I'm a little energetic. <laughs> you guys haven't met yet. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, I think um, the first time I met Corey was in one of our director's meetings, I think, with Dr. Ashley. You know, does around the table like the dean always does in ours, or like we do in ours. And um, I think Corey went after me, and she was talking about how she doesn't necessarily think she's been well received because she's asking all the hard questions and people taking it the wrong way, where she's just wanting to know. She's not necessarily criticizing, and so yeah. those. I think a lot so of she's you, but with energy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, basically. I, I think you can understand, like, you have to know or, where you're at, right? Before you can make any alterations, you have to understand where people are and how they're already doing it. Because if they're doing it in a way that works, leave it alone. But if, if maybe there's something that we can alter that makes it safer or more effective, then we're going to do that. And so, yeah, and, and I'm really big about not adding on more work to people's plates one of the really coolest things I've seen here is one, leadership matters, always matters. And you can see that here in this school. And then um, I haven't found anybody that's not capable, which is not necessarily normal because you see some people that are are not fit for the job that they have. Like they don't have that skill set. It's not their gift. Here, what I have found is people, their plates are abundantly overflowing. And that more often than not, that's what's going on. There's so much going on that, you know, they need some support. And I was able to come in and help with some of that. And I'm, I'm excited about that. And they're letting me take care of some of the more bureaucratic pieces because I already know the people and it makes the process faster for them. So. Yeah. Yeah. We're smarter, not harder. Exactly. Yeah, but it's convincing people to use your resources instead of feeling threatened by them. Well, I, ding, well ding, ding. I have a lot of energies. <laughs> I do overwhelm people from a minute first. So I got to tap it down a minute and be like, okay, I'll take a breath. <laughs> so you've worked here since February of this year? Yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. So like super new. Super new. Super new position. And there's so many things going on, TJ. So yeah. much. It's amazing. Yeah. You see, I had to hit the ground running, huh? Absolutely. Yes. She did. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't stopped. It's a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> so, no pacing. <laughs> just so TJ hears this correctly, because mm -hmm. I think she will appreciate this because I don't want to get it wrong. Explain to her how your coffee intake works. Oh, yes. Okay. So TJ, I don't need coffee to wake up. Okay. Coffee calms me down. Wow. It's it's a stimulant. And so when you mm -hmm. take in it, if you're hyper and you take in a stimulant, it, it settles you a little bit. So Absolutely. people don't ask me, they don't ask me, have you had your coffee to wake you up or make me stable? They ask me if I've had my coffee to calm me down. <laughs> yes, I I knew that tidbit of information. Uh, oh. I tried to give my kid coffee once. <laughs> Not a good plan. From Starbucks and he drank a little bit and he was like, he got really mellow and he was like, I don't like that. It makes me feel funny. And I was like, oh, like, does he, like your heart racing, you know, caffeine? And he's like, no, I just kind of feel meh. And yep. I was like, oh, damn it. I try that with Paxton. 
doubt it would right? work. But... So yeah, so that's great. You should have you a little sign that says like how many cups of coffee you've had or if you've had it yet, hanging outside your office. Because usually when people see me all hyper in the morning, they think I've had the coffee. And I was like, no, 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 not yet. Not yet. <laughs> that was the day I got clarification. I was in the Dean suite and it was like nine o'clock in the morning. And I was like, whoa, we were outside Steve's office, weren't we? Something like that. Yeah. And he just kept <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I was just out the Steve. door. Corey's like, maybe we should move. <laughs> so it's a like a board. I have brought a little bit of energy into the Dean suite. They need it. That's good. That's good. That's great. I mean, everybody can use it, especially if it comes with a smile, you know, like. It's more like they try to hide now. She's coming. <laughs> She's either going to ask us for something, make us do something, or just overwhelm us in general with her energy. So. Like It's almost an insult. And they're like, hey, you want to go grab a coffee? Yeah. <laughs> that's great <laughs> love that that's okay I I appreciate the energy thank you because I'm like let me absorb some from you absorb it so I will say I have told TJ this um I am very grateful that we hired Brielle because she has that energy uh, so now I find myself actually stopping in her office in the morning just to get some of that. I've never done that before. I've never okay. been that person. But lately, my children are driving me absolutely bonkers. So I kind of need a little bit of her positive, upbeat energy and a little bit of the back and forth, you know, just. Absolutely. Joking. Yeah. And so I've I've realized that that's actually really helpful, even if it's just like 15, 20 minutes when I first get here. I was like this morning, I sat in there for 30 minutes. This morning was awful. But I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll just work in here today. She goes, I love that. You're welcome anytime. And I'm like, mm, we were okay without that. Maybe I need to go back to my office. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, you absorb positivity too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. She doesn't have like, she, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how y'all do that 24 It's a lot. I have found that because since I was very young, I was always smiling all the time. And I found that the problem was when I wasn't smiling because then people wouldn't leave me alone because they were constantly asking me if I was okay. So I had to walk around smiling so people would leave me alone. And if I'm not smiling, I'm fine. I'm just not smiling. So it was annoying. Ah. Maybe that's why Tanner always asks me, what's wrong with you? Nothing. Mm -hmm. You just have this look on your face. I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm just thinking. I'm thinking. Yeah. Really, the nine times out of 10, that's the thing. Or I'm just like, I'm invested or I'm zoning out because I never get to. It's like a rare. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that's a lot. Um. Okay. Let me see here. Where are we at? Uh, you, you flow this so much better than I do. Sorry. I was yelling at my kids. No, you're fine. <laughs> So what was your main draw to the Bush School? Honestly, I, I wanted to work for Mark Welsh. I, I have known him and known of him since he was Chief of Staff of the Air Force, because I had an opportunity to see him when he came the first time to visit and did a presentation for the Corps of Cadets when his son was here. And from that moment forward, you can we, we were just talking about energy in the workspace. You can feel it. And I, I was just honored that he was even interested in working with me because 
I knew we were in an event together and he he pitched to me the idea of this position. And I thought it was a great idea for the school. I wasn't even thinking about me being the person to work with it, but it's just, the school is growing. We need this, um, we need the organizational structure. We need the access to other things, um, resources, including collaborators across campus. So I wanted to come work for him and I wanted to grow something. I love making things. I love creating things and making magic. I love when a faculty member or a student tell me, basically tell me their dream. And I, in my head, I figure out how we're going to make it happen. And so that, oh, that's my, seriously, the most favorite part of my job is making things happen. And I, what I, my job is to figure out how to make it work. And then I get to hand it back to them so that they can run it. So I'm not running any programs, but I am helping people create them and flesh them out. So it's, it's really exciting. Do you take requests on all dreams or just work-related dreams? Um, yes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, um, I love puzzles and I love figuring out how to make things work. And so uh, you, you tell me something and my head will automatically, you, I, I give a warning now to my colleagues because I learned early in my professional career that people didn't actually want me to fix everything. They were just complaining. Okay. So now <laughs> when somebody mentions something, I stop and I'm like, okay, now, but do, are you just saying it? Are you just venting? Or do you actually want me to, because, you know, my brain's already kicked in and it's moving all over the place. I know how to do this. And so we recently, we have a, a project that came out of, from the students in sports and diplomacy, where they wanted to go and watch the men's U.S. soccer team in Austin because they were playing a um, an international team. And this year it happens to be Trinidad and Tobago for, you know, an event. And it's soft diplomacy and sport is very powerful in bringing yeah. people together worldwide, right? So this is a perfect opportunity. And as soon as he meant, the professor mentioned it to me, like my brain kicked in and I was like, oh, and we can do this and we can do that and we can do, I was like, wait, do you really want to do this? Or are you just, are you just like trying to see the soccer match? What are we doing here? <laughs> because um, a really beautiful, cool program is developing from it. So short-term the students are going to have an opportunity to talk with the team and see behind the scenes and see the match long-term every year when they have this class, there'll be some sort of sporting event that they'll be able to attend tied in with sports management. Ideally the athletics team, um, a mini symposium on the power of sport. Like that's what's being built right now. So we're really excited about it. And that came from the students and from that class. That's amazing. That is awesome. It happened in like an hour, by the way, because I went back to the professor and he was like, but we just talked an hour ago. I was like, I know. Now you need to make sure you tell me if you really, really want it. <laughs> yeah, I um, I did not realize how, I mean, I knew politics diplomacy was always involved in sports, but until I watched the documentary a few years ago about um, the World Cup, and FIFA yes. and how much was involved in the money and the politics and then you know when the world cup when Qatar won I was like wow yeah the influence is insane yes it's so insane and you know money does a lot of things which is still really sad but I yeah I mean you know, I know you see it like here and you see it in football and things like that and you know the owners of all these football teams here and it but it's just like you don't realize 
the full grasp of it, I guess, until mm-hmm. you hit that international level of when all those things are, you know, yeah. intersecting with each other. Yeah. Soccer, the World Cup and, and Olympics, they literally change the face of face of nations and the way they function. Yeah. And some for some for ill and others for, for good. And so in Doha, the businesses have been allowed a different opportunity to serve alcohol, whereas they didn't have before. And that came about because of the World Cup and what was going on with all these tourists coming in and wanting access to different um, drinking opportunities. And and I don't mean like bars or anything like that, just a glass of wine with your meal. And and that's a really huge change for that country. It's it's massive. So it's very powerful, very powerful. Crazy. So crazy. And and I, I don't want our international area to be the biggest one. I want it to be the most impactful one. And so these different ideas around sports and diplomacy, around cultural heritage with your arts and your museums, when when you start obliterating culture, you're obliterating a people. And so when you're obliterating religious icons, paintings, which is what was going on during World War II is controlling and destruction. And you saw it later in Afghanistan when they blew up the giant Buddhas, and it just, it, it literally obliterates the memory of a people. So our students are actively engaging in these areas of how do you investigate that? How do you protect that? How do you return that? And it's just, it's awesome. The the opportunities that they have here and that I get to work with. So it's really cool. It's really neat to hear the difference of all the things that they're doing now, because we don't hear that much about you know, how the students are expanding the things that they want to be involved in. I mean, we hear about some of the capstones and things like that, but as far as going beyond what the normal, most every year they're doing, like we don't hear about a lot of that stuff. So it's really good to hear that they're actually being able to see and fulfill the things that they're thinking about. Um, I mean, I can only really speak for myself, but even with our students, I mean, we're so small, they're little, but we're hoping that just even the internship we have impacts them on some level to the point where they either figure out what they want to do or something that excites them that keeps them engaged in it. Um, or something that they don't want to do. Yeah, right. That's that right there. A lot of times that's the most powerful part. I've taken students overseas for internships where they stay for six weeks on their own with a host family and some come back and and know that they don't ever want to live overseas again. Mm-hmm. They they enjoyed it. They'll visit, but they don't want to live there. They know they want to stay in the U.S. And others left for the first time ever and didn't come back and they're doing very successfully. So, or, you know, they were doing accounting and they realized that was not their thing. They finished it for their degree, but now they're going to go on a different, different path. And that kind of speaks to some of the high impact experiences. So I don't just do international, I do domestic work as well. And it's, it's all about high impact. So you could, you can go overseas and, and not really have an impact from that trip, except that you were in another culture, which in and of itself is is a, a high impact situation, but it's more about how you're engaging in it and how you're self-reflecting. And so with some of the capstones, we're adding questions for the students to think about, like, what are your expectations before you go, both personally and professionally? Because they get so focused on the academics part, they forget how it's impacting them personally and changing them personally. And I want them to think about that. And then when they come back, did your, were your expectations fulfilled or what was the most impactful part of the whole thing? Because it, it might not be that academic experience. It might be that you figured out how to live with these 
10 other people that you have nothing in common with, which is vital in our world today, right? We need to understand civility and respect and communication, which are things that are um, challenging for people in society right now, being able to have a conversation about things that you disagree on, but still be civil and respectful to each other as human beings. And so that's where some of those questions come in because a leader listens, a leader observes, and a leader reflects. And so they're not just journaling. They really need to question themselves about what do I really think about this? And how would I do it differently or maybe keep it the same way? And so with those domestic trips, yes, they're getting work experience, but I also ask them a little more deeply, like, what is that? But we ask the same thing for the international students, but we are, we are developing those opportunities because our PSAA students have awesome opportunities in Austin with the legislature and then yeah. DC. And so uh, we don't want to lose sight of our local and city governance opportunities that our students have. And, and that's been the fun part is like me having to make sure I stay present because I can easily go into that international realm, but stay present so that I don't miss what's right in front of us domestically. I guess for me, one of the questions would be the questions that you're asking as far as what they're getting out of these experiences. Why has this not been asked before? I think that, well, it's a fair question. One, most of our faculty members aren't trained that way. True. They're trained about their topic and they're absolutely amazing at their topic. They're not talking, they're not trained to talk about you as a person. They're trained to teach you something. And this is across the campus, right? And so I'm an anthropologist by my background, but I've always been very curious since I was little. So anthropology fits well. I want to know why. I want to know how. And so I naturally go into that space and student affairs is all about the development of the human being beyond the classroom. And so it is leadership development and presentation skills and professionalism and all that, but you've got to know the person. So early on, when we started our conversation, you were talking about the energy of another colleague that you had. That's really important to recognize that's not something small, but we don't think about it because I'm just going to work to make my paycheck, right? The way I engage with the world is very different. I don't go to work to make my paycheck. Yes, I get to pay my rent, but I go to work to do something, to create something, to make something. And so if I can have, if I can share that perspective and, and help our students kind of like turn in a different way towards it, work has a completely different you know, definition to it from that perspective. You're engaging with human beings every single day. And that's why if I, if my energy level is so big and maybe I say something, I'll kind of realize it, but I'll always come back to that person and say, hey, is this how you received that? And that's what I want our students to do is like, be brave enough to go back into that space and say, did I offend you? <laughs> because that was not my intent and, and kind of talk it out. That's what diplomacy is. That's what communication is. That's how we need to be able to run our nations and our states and our local governments. And so it's, and we're, and we're actually going to be working, we're working on a governor's school for our high school students. This is a land grant institution. We serve the people. And so with the, the support of the Dean's office, we have been pursuing a governor school, which is an on-campus camp for three weeks out of the summer. Well, they'll be on, on campus 
They'll get to learn about college life, maybe plant some seeds, but we're going to focus on civics and, and in the sense of like serving your community and public service and and how how can I become part of the school board? How can I become part of the city council? You know, start local and and help them engage in a positive way that way, and and let them give back to their communities from the very beginning. That's one thing I never understood. Um, why, as much as the as much that the university does. The, I don't know. I'm sure there's lots of other programs going on. I'm not even going to pretend like I know everything that goes on on this campus. I'm so far on West Campus. It's our own little bubble sometimes. Um, but, you know, the only thing you hear about a lot engaging the local students, um, you know, high school, middle school, whatever the case may be, besides the educational stuff we do next door with the library is athlete athletics. Right. You know, the summer camps, things like that. And then we got we have the wonderful opportunity to work with the Young Adventure Program. <laughs> and do those every summer and so that opened up a different um you know experience for us I just I guess I just don't understand there's set, the university is so big and there's so many different areas of the university why the high school kids here aren't being exposed to more on campus more prep for them for when they get to college or if they want to do trade school or whatever the case may be um I think that's probably been for me now raising a, a child now who's almost 12 those are conversations we're already having. And I'm, I tell them all the time, I'm like, whatever your interests are, we, I, I will find someone on campus. We can go talk to them. You want to do architecture? I said, here's architecture in a nutshell, but I also have a student that works for me who does landscape architecture. That's the degree she's going with. And he's like, oh, that's really cool. I didn't even know that was a thing. I was like, exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's only 12, but I just, I guess for me, it's, it's sad. There's such a missed opportunity in so many areas with even the local students. It's really a really cool thing that they initiated in January was the Office of Youth Engagement. And the reason they have that office is because there are a lot of camps going on, but they were reporting to different spaces. So now there's this one voice that's tied into our risk and compliance area, which was engaged with all of them for risk and compliance. So they are collaborating and they're going to be able to share that information out so that parents can go to one website, see all the different opportunities. Cause, oh my gosh, Sarah, there are so many things from math camps to architecture. There's this really cool adventure camp that comes out of the college of education where they explore lots of different types of yeah. careers every You're summer. Yeah. yeah and that's Yeah. That's who we do with, yeah. With Jay and yeah. With Jay group. Woodward. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. so it's, it's awesome. Um, this is the Office of Youth Engagement, and it's the director is Stephanie Burns, and that's actually who we're working with for the governor's school. And so she she's helping us uh, with that that process, and we're really excited about it because yes, it gets lost in the drone, and, and people get so focused in their area that they forget that there is other things going on. There are other things going on around them. So. I'm I'm so glad that you mentioned it being you know Office of Youth Development now because I mean it. I did some like searching to get my, Mm -hmm. to find a camp for my kid a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And we did uh, the C camp down on Corpus campus. Um, But it, it took like searching to try to find something. So I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned that because I had no clue. I didn't get that email. 
<laughs> right. The other really cool thing, if you have, um, an, it's an initiative that's coming out of our undergraduate advising office because of the director down there, Andy Armstrong, he's an Eagle Scout. And so he is working with- Hi, the Bush, Why am I not surprised? He's working with <laughs> the Bush Library and they're going to have a Merit Badge Academy here in the spring. So it's an all day Saturday event where all these youth are going to come and earn merit badges and here at the Bush School. So it's it's really fantastic. And what it is, there's so much going on is we just have to make sure we don't take on too much, make sure that we are developing quality programs and working with our marketing and communications team so you can actually advertise it out so people know what's happening. Because that is, even over in student affairs, when I was doing uh, on-campus programming with my students, the marketing piece, you could build the best program in the world, but if you do not market it properly, no one's coming. Yeah. And it's the same with the things over here. So, and then people get frustrated, like, but why? I built a great program. It's like, yeah, but you just started advertising on Thursday for a Monday event. Yeah. So. And nobody. <laughs> Nobody, right? And and it disappoints the students too. So it, it allows an opportunity to teach planning. Yes. Well, and the basic, events planning. <laughs> yeah. And the basic, a, a very a bare minimum basic timeline on when marketing should start and what should happen. Right. It's something I have been screaming for because okay. we have people ask us, Jamie has a really good grasp around it. It's part of her job. I mean, I know Cassandra does, other people who have had marketing experience do as well, but we don't have anything that someone who is planning an event within the college can go to and say, okay, I need this plan. Mm -hmm. And it's helpful because then they have those who aren't used to it. Okay. Here's when I need to contact marketing. This is when marketing is supposed to be doing this. They can keep, and it's, it makes people feel comfortable knowing that there's a plan and a structure to it. And they can mark that little box off that it was done. Yeah. Um, I just, that was part of my. That was part of uh, my CMP certification was, you know, a marketing timeline. Like if depending on the size of your event, like how far out you need to go, even international events, if you're going to plan an international event from a like not in that country, there's a whole separate timeline. There's a whole, mm -hmm. you know, process for an international event. So I mean, it's a thing. Yeah, it's definitely something. Sorry. It's sad we don't have one, but maybe we'll get one if I keep yelling for it. <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. What else you got, TJ? She, I think she's answered uh, every she's question. She's answered. Before. Yeah, she's. <laughs> Without the asking. What's your favorite part about your position? But you've already. Yep, covered she used the word favorite. She didn't she even did. have to. We didn't have to ask. She already I get so excited. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I really love working for the Bush School and I, I love my colleagues and the staff, the students. Um, I, I am not afraid to be me, all me right here. You know, it's, it throws a, throws a few people for a little bit of a curve because they take themselves so seriously. But I'm like, I don't have time for that. We have things to do. Let's make some joy in the world. <laughs> I know a few of those people. <laughs> Yeah. And unfortunately, I mean, you know what, though, the good thing is, is you have, you know, even though I know that Dr. Ashley is probably exhausted all the time now, but he brought that same level of energy to the Dean suite 
previously. And it's, it's really nice when you walk in there and it's like quiet and you're like, where is everybody? And then if you just walk around the corner and go to the back, you hear all the laughing and chattering going on. Yep. And it's the same vibe right now in the back of the, the Dean's suite. You start in the yep. front, you always hit Joe and it's like, eh, well, French <laughs> sign 24 seven. I love Joe. I do too. But we I understand mean, each other. How, how many hours a day do you have to have your door shut? I mean, come on. <laughs> he's finding the money for us. If he ever listened to these, he would know how often we mention that. <laughs> his door being shut that's yeah. why i keep mentioning it because i'm hoping one day it comes up in an email when he's like asking me something else or i'm dealing with budget <laughs> stuff with him and he's like hey by the way and then i'm just gonna go i'm gonna start knocking on his door all the time that's what i do or i just go in <laughs> everybody's like oh, and i'm like it's a door <laughs> it's joe he doesn't bite in fact if you bring him chocolate he might not bite ever or babies or babies I... he does love him some babies that is true that is very true. Yeah. So the last question <laughs> is, is there anything you'd like to share for anyone considering the Bush School, whether it's faculty, staff, or student? But again, I mean. I think I answered that one, I right? I, I think I yeah, did. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I, I really. Questions. <laughs> I, I, I love working here because there's always a different, there's always a different project. And some days I have a world map on my wall so that I can identify where our students are going, where our faculty are going, the projects and stuff, because it's just fun to see visually, which I haven't put them up there, but the map is there. I started. But um, I, at any given day, I could be seriously in four different international locations in my head before lunch and then working on the governor school and all that. And so there's a lot of shifting that happens. Um, I have to transition really quickly. And we're talking like, Essex in the UK to Korea or, you know, that China. Just, as soon as and you said Poland. that, all I saw was TJ's eye twitch and I felt it very hard. I get it. I'm like trying to manage two little human beings and I'm like, I can't even do that. So I have to. Yeah, I, I have to. <laughs> and it's just my personality because I do get bored kind of easily. So it, it's good to be able to shift to, to different projects and be able to move things down the road for people. That's good. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you here. Thank it's been you. fun so far. <laughs> I haven't blown anything up yet. Do what? I haven't blown anything up yet. <laughs> yeah. I think it's always on all of ours. That's one thing I always tell the staff. When they're like, well, I don't know about this and that. And I'm like, the worst that can happen during an event is the building burns down. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That's it. And, and we know how to handle that. You just get away from the building. Yep. Make sure you help get people out first. Well, yes. But <laughs> they know the exit strategy. <laughs> then you know your emergency preparedness plan that we spent a lot of time building. It is so thorough. It's insane. But yeah, it's too thorough. Like you need to carry it around with you in case there's an emergency so you can quick reference. I don't even think larger venues in town have it. It's as thorough as we do it's probably overkill but it's really nice to have above and beyond what the university requires yeah that's what they tell us every year when we submit it they actually like listen we have as an example it's like you're like listen we have a safe room right like we're covered it's like 40 pages well, the awesome thing is that you don't need the if anything does happen you guys are so well planned and trained it, it's just going to happen naturally mm -hmm. 
it's going to happen. By <laughs> yep. Habit, sheer habit. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> well, I absolutely love your energy. And the next time I stop by the office to visit, I will have to come by um, and formally meet you. Thank you so much for joining us. It was very entertaining and enlightening. I'm I'm glad to hear that, that the Bush School's got so much new stuff that's really helping engagement and just, I don't know, that sounds fun. Awesome. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Say bye, Connor. Bye, bye Connor. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on Espresso Shot. Make sure to visit our website, apcc.tamu.edu, where you can subscribe to the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you'll never miss an exciting show. While you're at it, if you enjoy the show, leave a review or comment, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Or if you're interested in being a guest, email us at apcc at tamu.edu. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.